0: How am I now? I can only there, 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 okay. it. Okay. back, on again. You the back on again. <laughs> <laughs> Am I on now? There we go. Okay. All right. So we're ending up this week. Starting with goodness. Remember we flipped gentleness and goodness, because I wanted to have more time with goodness. Uh Uh-oh. So, goodness feels out of place on this list of the fruits of the Spirit because thinking about it, how can there be any good in me because I know my shame? Or this entire word good doesn't belong in my broken life. Or I work so hard at being good that I'm exhausted and I still feel unloved. Or I try to be good and I never feel like enough. Like there is nothing good in goodness when it comes to my life. So we have a lot of baggage attached to this word goodness that we're going to unwrap here together. Because goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness should be a part of the Christian life. We should ooze goodness. But it is easier to try to be good than to just ooze goodness. To do those good works as a means of showing our worthiness so maybe we can believe that we're actually worthy is where goodness gets, trips us up. Do you realize, according to really good statistics, that 55% of Americans believe that their good works will get them into heaven? 55%. This is yet another way we try to control our faith by doing all those good works so we can get our way into heaven. Like, we don't need Jesus to get into heaven. We're going to do it on our own. Or, more likely, I don't need to deal with my shame with Jesus. So I'd rather do it on my own. Instead of simply living our lives out in the truth that we were just simply created good from the very beginning. Instead of understanding that we were created good We try and we try and we try to be good. We disguise our hustle by saying that this is the fruit of the Spirit. We hustle and perform, over covering our our cracks and and imperfectness with our good works. We exhaust ourselves doing this and still feel like we are never enough, or we're never loved, or we're never good. Is this the hustle of your life? Believe in that. If you can get yourself together and do things better, maybe closer to the scale of perfect you will then be good so I've, I've got a truth for you to really turn this around I hope it's out of 1st Peter 2 9 and 10 it says that you are not like that for you are a chosen people you're a royal priest a holy nation God's very own possession as a result You can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This verse here, you guys, is all true about you. You are chosen. You are royalty. You are holy. You are God's very own possession. And from that, we show others the goodness of God when the broken life allows God's light to show through the cracks of your life. Because you are God's person first. God says to you in Romans 5.8, but God showed his great love for us, sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We got this love before we even tried to and tried and tried in our cracked brokenness before we ever tried to clean ourselves up we still got this love we were a faulty cracked mess and he still loved us people we are imperfectly together and as our faith grows these imperfections become less While at the same time, new ones get revealed in us. This is what faith growth looks like. Like, the truth is, we're never going to reach perfect. But we just continue to grow and grow the fruit of the Spirit. And the growth of these are these vulnerable fruits that come out of our lives, which will always challenge us. And this is good. This is goodness. I want you to hear this sentence because this is the crux those who have a strong sense of love and belonging have the bravery to be imperfect understanding that this imperfectness is continually growing in our lives this fall I'll be celebrating 40 years as a Christian I'm over 40 years old I know you didn't believe that I looked 35, right? (laughs) If if I was still in my same brokenness from 40 years ago, that would not be growth. Nor do I think you would you like me, (laughs) 40 years of that same brokenness. But I'm growing. I hope these past few weeks, you've seen my struggles, you've seen my growth, my imperfectness shared here. That it's that's current and growing. Please. Show us your cracks so we can see God's goodness coming out of those cracks. Stop your hustle. You are enough and that is endearing. And I use that word on purpose because think about the people you really love and respect in your life. Sometimes you see their cracked mess and you see how they handle it. And you're drawn to them. So when I say that, if you can show us your cracks, we're not going to say, oh man, you are so full of shame. No, we're going to see God's goodness coming through you because you're growing in this fruit. You're growing in this goodness. And seeing God's goodness shine through that crack draws us to you. It makes you endearing. It makes you real. It makes me think, I can grow my faith because you have grown your faith. This is goodness. So while I have you uncomfortable about having your hustle revealed, let's move on to faithfulness. Because faithfulness is full of vulnerability. So my favorite definition of faith is taking the first step even when you cannot see the whole staircase. Think about that often we can't see the whole staircase because God is so silent sometimes he's silent for a long time have you ever prayed why are you listening so quietly Jesus have you felt that some people especially when the pain is so real find faith just to be stupid It would be so much easier to continue controlling your faith, taking it on, taking control over your life, than to stay in this, I've only got one step before me, I have no idea what's coming, and to hang on in that faith. It's easier to take that control back, to try to put God in a box, to try to put our faith in a box, to just even just say, God, I'm absolutely done with you. So let's flip this for a bit. If this is the fruit of the Spirit, is our faithfulness, I want to show you how God is faithful to you in every season of your life, whether it's winter, spring, summer, fall. It's, he's loud, he's quiet, he's faithful to you in all these seasons. First Peter 4.18. So if you are suffering according to God's will, that hurts sometimes, but lean into that so if you are suffering according to God's will keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to be the, to the God who made you for he will never fail you or this beautiful psalm and again we're going to be getting into the psalms for July and August and I could go into the psalms what well, I do every day practically um, Psalm 56 8 this one verse you keep track of all my sorrows you have collected all my tears in your bottle you have recorded each one in your book. I have a lot of tears recorded and stored. God has got to be near to me to collect those tears. Even when I don't know what he's doing, even when his silence is so loud, I trust that he is near to me, his faithfulness is there to collect those tears. And then 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are unfaithful, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny who He is. Let me repeat that one again. If we are unfaithful, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny who He is. God always remains faithful to us, no matter how silent He is, or no matter how far we turn away from that. The Spirit of the Spirit, this measurement of my growing faith, Is me staying faithful no matter how silent he is. That is the vulnerability of faithfulness. You guys, this is hard sometimes. But I'm not stupid for staying faithful. I'm not stupid for staying in this thing with God. It's like, it makes me brave. Braver than I ever thought I could be. I've never been one to say I've lived a great life of faith. That sounds so clean and so strong. I feel more dirty and bruised and and alive. Uh, When it came to making decisions of facing trials or persevering through pain, I chose to hang in there. I chose to wrestle with God. I chose to have those long tempers with God, to, to let him have it in those moments, even though he was silent. Because I thought, I would rather trust that situation than to trust me on my own and the situations I was really wrestling with were so big on my own sounded scary too (laughs) so I would rather stick with this faithfulness even though it was so vulnerable I guess this could be called faith but again it feels so less ethereal than that it's just so dirty and gutty and it came out of me it was me who hung on. It was me who took that next stare, even though I couldn't see what was going to be after that stare. It was me who did that. and This is the dirty guttiness of faithfulness. It's hardly ethereal at all because I'm involved. It's me in it. So this is my favorite cartoon ever. And this is so me, so me. You gotta get this. My child, I never left you. Those places when once out of footprints, that was then that I carried you. And you guys know that beautiful footprints poem, and I, that one has comforted me so many times. But this, this next frame, that is me. That long groove over there is when I dragged you for a while. <laughs> that is the fruit of the Spirit that is faithfulness. Because God never leaves you in it. So in my response back, Can I be faithful no matter how I feel? No matter how alone I am, no matter how overwhelmed I am. Can I be faithful back? Because he's going to drag you anyway. Because he's faithful when you're not faithful. So let's move on to self-control. Finally, a spirit of the spirit that's all about control Every week, every one of these fruits of the Spirit, I've been talking about how we try to control our lives and we never really love people. We never really show kindness to people because we're afraid of being vulnerable. Every one of these fruits of the Spirit, you know, remember, patience. (laughs) Every one of these fruits of the Spirit puts us in vulnerability. And here, finally, self-control. We get to control something in our lives. But, yeah, it's not that way, you guys. (laughs) not the kind of control that keeps us out of vulnerability. It's the kind of control that pushes us into these brave moments of vulnerability and our self is involved. We don't get to give it over to God and just let go of it and just kind of walk away uninvolved in life. We have to enter ourselves into it. Our gutty, dirty, bruised selves into it That's those cracked messes that we are into. We have to have our skin in the game to have these fruits of the Spirit active in our lives. So, turn into your Lifeline inserts. I kept, put these notes in there for you guys because I think they're so important. Pull them out and read along with me. Oh, not out loud. You can just follow along. <laughs> so you can take this home and remember this. What this means is when it comes to love my self-control will help me handle the heartbreak that love brings. I will accept that that heartbreak is a part of love and the world needs the heartbreak that I risk. When it comes to joy it means I am worthy to feel this joy. The spring flowers blooming, the splashing in the rain puddles kind of joy. My self-control will allow me to feel this full joy. Not and not choose a partial joy for fear that something bad is right around the corner or entertain thoughts that I do not deserve this joy. When it comes to peace my self-control is needed when I'm in those darkest moments and my world has seemingly stopped. It is in those darkest moments that peace beyond understanding fills my soul if I don't numb or divert my way out of the pain. I need my self-control for that for sure. When it comes to patience, my self-control is needed to help me keep a long and slow temper towards God, others, and myself, which is what patience is. My self-control helps me stay in vulnerability when I would rather have something fixed or over with. When it comes to kindness, my self-control is needed to keep me attached as I extend kindness to people, particularly people who I know will disappoint me and break my heart. God is present in desperate need, so my presence is also needed to be Jesus with skin on. When it comes to goodness, I need my self-control to help me live like I have a strong sense of love and belonging while having the bravery to be imperfect. Those are not easy words to live. When it comes to gentleness, I need my self-control to give my, give my everything as I go in again and again and again to people's lives, especially of those I love. I need my self-control to also help me keep, keep my boundaries from those people who take too much from me. And when it comes to faithfulness, I need my self-control to help me endure through the seasons of silence so I don't have regrets or making decisions because I was angry at God for being silent. That is the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Please take that home. Read that. Put that into your life. Find out how your faith, your whole life, can be so much more fruitful. I want to close this series on a quote that you may hear me preach a lot because it's, one of, it's a pretty core one to me. It's from Mark Twain. It says, Bravery is not the absence of fear, But rather, that judgment at something else is more important than fear. Practicing these fruits of the Spirit involves vulnerability, thus fear. Every one of them. But to live this fruitful and brave life, I judge to be more important than my fear. And the fruit of that life is a lot more exciting. So a lot more stories I get to tell. And I pray it is endearing and that people are drawn to you. So I would like to close this with a prayer. Heavenly Father, it's been a good, good month together hearing how things like we assume, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, how we think we've understood them and now they've just been flipped and the challenge has been set. I pray that no one who's heard these messages can live normally again, but they will find themselves judging something more important than their fear, something more important than their comfort, but that they're finding fruitfulness, And a life that is endearing to others. And all these possibilities of your love seeping through these cracks and oozing goodness in ways that have never been thought of before. I pray for those specifically who who struggle with striving and hustling for their faith, hustling for their acceptance, hustling to feel like they're enough, where they come to understand that you are enough, and that before they became enough you already gave them your love, what Romans 5.8 is all about. That that seeps in, in this hustle, and this struggle, lessons, and their faithfulness grows. There are voices in our heads, God, that are going to be quieted because we're going to lean into these fruits of the Spirit. And I thank you for being the louder voice and those voices that have held us back. May your Holy Spirit, that voice, continue to guide us and lead us forward bravely. And may we be telling stories that we never thought we'd tell before because our skin is in it. We're in this. And the world needs the heartbreak we, we risk. And we're willing to do that. In your, in your name. Amen.